Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jack Slammer. Joining me as always today is your host who knows the most about professional wrestling, Mr. Steve Slammer. Steve, what did Adam Page do to piss off AEW? <laughs> that is a fascinating question. I am not exactly sure. However, I think we're going to go into that a little bit as we go through this episode. However, I can tell you that I'm doing fine. I'm here having a Michelob Ultra pure gold it does not taste like pure gold however i can tell you it is quite delicious for 2.6 carbs 2.6 carbs like what do they put in there um because i remember is it the same sugar that they utilize for uh those monsters that have zero sugar whatsoever in them but still has flavor to mm. it you know, honestly, after I saw the 2.6 carbs, I did not look at the nutritional information because I figured it's 2.6 carbs. What do I care? Yeah. I'm sure as my nutrition coach, as my fitness coach, as the guy who is getting me ready to actually compete in my second show in the coming February, you will yell at me for that. However, that will occur outside of the confines of what the public is listening to. So I will uh, appreciate you just sit nodding your head right now and then uh, whipping my ass later. Well, absolutely, and plus, keep in mind, we're, we're both in our off-season. Today, um, I had a full Little Caesars pizza, a full fucking hot and ready Little Caesars pizza. Whole thing wow. killed it. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, brother. I do not feel guilty about the fantastic hibachi dinner that I had tonight because a, a whole Little Caesars pizza, hot damn, bro. Dude, here's the thing. So protein is satiating, right? So I guess this is a little nutrition 101 for people. So since protein is satiating, if you really want to lose weight, eat more fucking protein. Every time someone's like, oh, yeah, you don't want to eat too much protein, you'll get fat. No, eat more protein. It's satiating. It's good for building lean tissue. It's good for you. Because how many times in your life have you ever eaten, even if it was the most delicious steak you've ever had in your entire life, how many times did you eat like a 30-ounce steak and go, you know what? I'm going to eat three more 30-ounce steaks. Probably well, if it's prepared correctly, I could go for 90 ounces of steak. 90 ounces. Well, the, the point here is, though, how many times in um, your life – that that is true. I mean, that is possible. I've eaten a lot of, a lot of red meat, too, back in the day. Uh, but how many times have you eaten one slice of pizza that turned into two slices, which turned into three? Next thing you know, half the box is gone. And then for me today, the whole fucking box is gone. Luckily, that that has that has happened often. However, that was back in my days when I was a big fat ass. However, however, I will say, I will admit to you here live in front of the Slammer Brothers universe, the people that are watching us, the people that are going to watch us in perpetuity. You know, after our show, after our last show, when I got home, I may have had an entire pizza. Yeah, so the reason for that is, and I'm not blaming you. I mean, I can't hate on you because I did the same fucking thing, right? Um, I, I posted on Instagram lately, and I was like, holy fuck, I'm getting thick. You know, it's that thick where it's like you can well, still see the abs, but it's like they're not like it, chiseled abs. It's more like they're abs, like hell glued together with a bunch of fat that you can clearly see. That's what I got going on right now. It, it It's thick however it is adding mass for example during the last show ladies and gentlemen for those that are following us you may have seen it for those that watch the live stream or those of us that watched on youtube you will have noticed that mr jack slammer did a little double bicep pose 
this last time. So you're not losing lean muscle tissue. You're just adding a little bit, which is going to come off as we begin the ramp up to our February show. Same here. You know, you got to do what you got to. There it is. There's the double bicep right there. And you got to do what you got to do, man. You got to do what you got to do. Okay. So, yeah. So going back to it, though, before we go into it, basically pizza is just very carb high, right? And carbs are not <laughs> satiating whatsoever. It's the fastest source of fuel. And, uh, yeah, that's why you could kill a whole fike load of pizza, but you can maybe eat, like, two or three, you know, slices or portions of chicken before your body just tells you, nah, bro, I'm good. You know, you know it's funny you mention that because what are we reviewing this week? We are reviewing – uh, yesterday or Wednesday, the August 11th, Wednesday, August 11th edition of AEW Dynamite. So I will make an argument that the Wednesday edition of AEW Dynamite was the carby pizza of professional wrestling for this week. You know what? I can completely see that. I can completely mm. agree with that because, you know, Monday – Raw this week, we actually gave it our highest grade. We gave SmackDown our highest grade. We actually gave some of the guys who we aren't 100% sold on some of their best marks for Raw and SmackDown. People can go back, review that on YouTube and the various podcasts, and be sure to drop us a like uh, so that we can do this, uh, so that we can improve in the algorithm. But I agree with you. I was... As I was going through this installment of AEW, there was a lot of cool flips. There was, like, some cool spots. But there was really nothing of substance that you could really sink your teeth into. And it's not from lack of effort from the talent. I just feel like they're in a hole. They're, I, correct me if I'm wrong here. No, but you, it, just, you just said it. It, you just feels, said it, going with it, it feels like they're in a holding pattern and they're trying to do everything they can with what's on the roster for right now as they're in a giant holding pattern. Well, the, the beautiful thing about it is, is that, as I've said on the last couple of episodes, we are on the precipice. We are on the cusp. We are nearing what is bound to be the biggest week in professional wrestling in the last several years, and that begins, we are recording on Thursday, that begins tomorrow. And tomorrow just happens to be Friday the 13th, my favorite day, because as we've also talked about in previous episodes, I'm a big Friday the 13th film aficionado. However, tomorrow begins SummerSlam week. It begins AEW's Friday night show week. And the AEW Friday night premiere begins in Chicago, where we expect that if there is not the debut, there will be at least a significant hint towards the debut of one Mr. CM Punk. Yes, it is going to be a professional wrestling wet dream. Um, however, this this week was a completely... Um, this was a completely holding pattern episode, a lot of throwaway matches, but there was a spot where I might be, and you, we can call it Stockholm Syndrome, Oh boy! but I'm starting to like Kenny Omega, not the gimmick he's doing right now, but I am starting to like him as a human being, and we'll get into that why we're going, we'll, we'll get into that when we cover that first match. 
you, my brother, are clearly suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. However, we will dissect. As the as the fans of the Slammer Brothers Wrestling Podcast will come to expect, with at times we will agree, at times we will disagree. As a matter of fact, when it comes to several AEW superstars, personalities, whatever they like to refer to themselves as, we're going to disagree. I expect at least two times on this show. Absolutely, one hundred and fifty-seven percent. I'm going to grab a full recap because last night. Didn't it? Did it not just feel like a bunch of little quick snippets all over the place to where it was? It's very tough to lock down the exact sequence of events from the night before. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you about the the show that we experienced last night, and it's not. It's going to sound different than what I mean. It last night was a shit show. However, not in the way that you're thinking. In that, oh my god, it was bad. And we'll get to that as we go from segment to segment. But as usual, as per the typical format of the Slammer Brothers review of the wrestling extravaganzas that happened on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night, I'm going to leave it to you, sir, to kick us off and get us right into the thick of things with what happened on AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite. Well, uh, basically, we start off with, uh, well... They love them some trios tag matches, don't they, on AEW. Um, We got two trios tag matches. um, And who's the adult (laughs) in the the ring? Who is the referee controlling the match in the ring? Because normally... there isn't one. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm trying to pull together a good sequenced list of, okay, results. Well, well... Well, before you before you get into the trios, we did kick off Dynamite with a promo from one Maxwell Jacob Friedman, otherwise known as MJF. Did you catch the MJF promo, Chuck? Yes, I did catch the MJF promo. So essentially, what did you, what did you think of the MJF promo? MJF promo. I actually like his mic skills. Um, I actually thought it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, he's that smug asshole heel. He it did what it needed to do. Wardlow, uh, you know, had some good moments here and there. But then MJF kind of cut him off and said, hey, he, you know, kind of put planted a little seed of doubt in him. Basically just said, hey, do your job. And just he's an ass. MJF basically I'm, showed us he is the alpha amongst the assholes in AEW. I agree. I think I think the little the little snide finish there was actually kind of telling the you know get the job done. Unlike what happened with Cody in the cage, you know, planting the little seeds right there for what will probably be a future breakup. But one thing that happened in this segment, Mr. MJF, who I agree is fantastic on the mic. However, he did drop an S bomb. He did say the shit word. And that is going to be a theme in the first hour of Dynamite, as we will show. However, with that said, I actually liked the promo. I thought it was a good way to set the stage for what is the fourth labor of Jericho as we lean towards, as we gear up towards the fifth labor, which everyone expects to be the labor of Jericho taking on MJF. However, I like the way that they started it off. It was a good way to set the stage for what's coming later. And then we eventually get ourselves into the aforementioned trios match. And with that, sir, I will let you set the stage for what was the first of two, which is too many, six-man tag team matches. The first trios match, sir. Well, basically, before we get into the trios match, what I will leave off the promo with is uh, 
I will say this with AEW. Each week, it's like they start off hot. They start off with something good. Even when they did the dumbass Space Jam little intro, uh, you know, a few weeks back, they start off with the Darko Order, and they make their TV product almost feel like you're watching a UFC fight, right? They have a great presentation in the beginning. And then it slowly devolves into cartoonish bullshit throughout the night, as always, right? So, going into the first match, we have Kenny Omega, the AEW uh, world champion, as well as the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, versus uh, Top Flight's Dante Martin and the Sindal brothers, mm. Matt and Mike Sindal. And here's what I will say. Dante Martin is only 20 years old, and but that kid looks like a freaking star. He looks like he looks like he, if they do it correctly, he could have the career that Dominic Mysterio could have had if they didn't completely botch him right out of the gate. Like he moves like a star, great great in-ring performer and here's the thing i felt bad for the kid because if you remember when he first walked out with his interest you could hear a rat piss on cotton he was getting zero respect from the crowd but by the end of the match even though you know it ends with uh kenny omega hitting the finish on him um he freaking came out of this thing looking like a, a, a million dollars so what I think at least the, the one good takeaway from this match is the fact that, you know, you got Dante Martin who came out of this looking like a freaking star. Um, Kenny Omega, and this is the part where I'm starting to like him as a person because what I notice is, and hear me out, he actually wrestles with the younger talent, and he actually lets them get in some offense. And he actually does a good job at putting these guys over when, in reality, he's the EVP. He could make his, his character OP, uh, overpowered, for those of you who don't understand game talk. And he could just bury these young guys. But from what I've seen, he's let Jungle Boy get over even though he beat him. He's let freaking uh, this Dante kid get some great offense in freaking made him go from rat pissing on cotton to me being like you know what kid i'm gonna i'm gonna pay attention to your career but what ultimately kind of ruins this match for me and you know here i'm gonna talk about the positives or negatives and negatives i should say what ruined this match for me was just the complete cartoony nature of this like, the Young Bucks are a good tag team, but they always have these little weird gimmicky things that make them feel more like a jobber team as opposed to the badass tag team champions of the world. Yeah, they're a little... They, they cheat. Their moveset is very heelish. It's all a bunch of schmozzes. This match had a bunch of cool, like, cool-looking stuff. Dante Martin got over. But I think just... I'm a little bit tired of the elite squad in trios or big tag matches just because, you know, it's a way to keep Kenny Omega fresh but not actually put him in any sort of danger. Um, so that was just my thoughts. How did you feel about this match? No, I'm totally with you on this one. So I thought this was a Dante Martin coming out party. I think that uh, – I, I agree with you. I think I think the Young Bucks – in and of themselves, I think they're their own worst enemy sometimes. I think they're they're a little too cartoony for my liking, especially when they're in a group with the world champion and a group called the elite. 
Um, there's just a little too much gimmicky cartoon nonsense surrounding them. And I also thought that, you know, uh, Don, we'll get to Dante Martin in a second, but, you know, the, the JR, the Jim Ross hostage video where he was continuously effusing praise on Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks as the best champions in the world. I wasn't sure if that was because of the, the tweet that he had had a couple months ago where he said, you know, Kenny Omega's good, but I prefer Randy Orton. Or if there was the continuous references to, quote-unquote, the best in the world because of what we expect to be occurring either this Friday or in two weeks at All Out. With that said, however, um, Dante Martin's offense, I mean, he's 20 years old, he's, he's young, he's fresh, he looks good, his offense looks solid, and they, the, the, especially Kenny Omega as the world champion, was bumping around for him like crazy. I thought they made him look like a million dollars. I think you're spot on, brother. I thought that um, even having him get out of the one-winged one angel attempt was, was fantastic. And then eventually, what did they do? They put him down with the one-winged angel, but they also had the triple knee at the end there before they had Omega pin him. This is one of those situations where I thought that he gained a lot in defeat, and I think he's a quick rising star that they need to continue to position. I thought this match was a fantastic way to do that. If I had to grade this match, it's a B plus, and the only reason for the B is that, and it, and it's 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 a common theme of Young Bucks matches. They have to enforce the tag team rules. They let these guys in the ring all the time. If they if and if they want to do that, fine. Just say that hey, all their matches are tornado tags or or no no rules tags. But you know, there's times when the referee is counting a pin and all three members of the trios team is in the ring, and it just takes me out of the moment a little bit. Minor criticism aside, what they did if if the goal here was to put over Dante Martin, they that's an A plus. The, the rule issue brings it down a grade. B-plus for me. I thought this was very solid. Good way to kick off the show. Lots of action. Kind of take you out of the moment with a little bit of the logic piece. But great showcase for Dante Martin. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's why I actually had this match at a B was because it's like, Okay, if the ref isn't going to enforce the rules, then why even follow the rules? Why not just make yeah. it? Why not make it tornado tag style where you don't even need a tag and just everybody does well, an all-out brawl? Well, and and to your point, as, as later on in the show, they announced that next week there's going to be a tornado tag at, with Sting and Darby Allen. To which point, I'm like, well, clearly they're differentiating between the two. Like, just 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 say. You know, just, just just say like, hey, all young bucks, all young bucks matches are or tornado, tornado tags, just to stop me from thinking about it because it's really it, it it takes me out of the moment when I see all three guys in the ring. Okay, so we have a question in the chat. What is a tornado tag? So a tornado. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic question. A tornado tag match is basically two on two where you don't actually need to tag in. The fight is happening on both sides at the same time. So basically. Think of it as it's two-on-two in an actual fight with no tag. So it's basically, it's called a tornado tag because, yes, you are a tag team, but you're taking the tag out of the mix. So all four guys yeah. are going to be in the ring fighting at the same time to start, and then there's always a schmoz where 
one guy gets taken down outside. Maybe there's a situation where you now have to deal with two guys who can just beat on you mercilessly because your partner got downed. Um, but, yeah, just think of it as a tag team match without a tag, and I'll let Steve finish the thought there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling was notorious for this back in the late 90s, these these no-rules tag matches. There's a for, – for those of you who are in the chat or wondering about tornado tags – so there's a there's a there's a certain logic to traditional tag team wrestling where you have you know a partner on the outside they're holding a rope and they have to get the tag to get to you, and so there's there's ways to build up drama in order to get your opponent who's in the ring to transfer what they call heat as the opponent is beating on you to your fresh partner. The tornado tag is a is a, is a different take on that in that you can have all members of the team in the ring at the same time. The criticism here with the Young Bucks being that all of their matches seem to devolve into quote-unquote tornado tag rules and that everyone's in the ring at the same time. And so typically those rules are announced, and I, and I mentioned you know, when I was talking about it earlier that next week they announced a actual quote-unquote tornado tag. So when you don't enforce the, the traditional tag team rules for what is advertised as a traditional tag team match, especially with your world tag team champions – it makes your referee look like he's impotent. It makes your tag team champions look like they either don't obey the rules or that they get special consideration or both. And so it kind of takes you out of the mindset for those of us that follow traditional tag team wrestling that there's there's something different going on here. And, and again, it just takes you out of the moment. 100%. I think we have covered the two tornado tag and seductive steel has says sounds kind of superfluous, but meh. All right. <laughs> well, seductive, seductive steel always has good insight. So you know what? If seductive steel believes that the, that the delineation between regular tag team and tornado tag team is a meh, then it could be that that is what AEW is counting on in the presentation of their tag teams. And in which case, Maybe I'm just an old fogey who likes old style tag team wrestling. Hey, you know what? There's 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 uh, there's audiences for both. Absolutely. So after the match, uh, basically Tony Schiavone ah. enters the ring after the match to interview the elite. Uh, Don Callis grabbed the microphone from Schiavone, starts to starts to talk a little trash to the Pittsburgh fans, then hits the music. Not of one Adam Page, who went through a mile of crap to get the number one contender spot, just to lose the number one contender spot. We now get Mr. Christian Cage, who is one of my all-time favorites. He comes out, and, uh, you know, he comes out, he hits a little line, you're full of sh- uh, Wait, what did he call him? You're a piece of shit? And then he said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot I'm in Pittsburgh. Another, another shit bomb. Another shit. So we bomb. had MJF. We had MJF drop the shit word in the opening promo. And now here, Christian Cage drops shit in the promo after the opening trios match. Continue. Yep. Uh, I said it was a shit show. He had a he had, he had a good line there where he said, "Hey, I, I forgot I was in uh, you're, Pittsburgh. You're a jag off. You're a jag off, and the crowd goes wild. Really good rib." Then Kenny or uh, one of the guys says, oh, do you want to fight us? It's 10 against 1. Then Jurassic Express comes to the ring without Marco, might I add. 
So Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus comes out, and you know what? I, I saw that little nod there. Personally, I like Marco. Okay, I think he's. Yeah, um, 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 I can either live or without think the clown, but yes, continue. All right, perfect, perfect. So they Ooh. come out. Da da da. Da da da. So basically, they come out, they cut their promo, and we now hear that uh, for the very first edition of Rampage, it's going to be one Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage against uh, the Young Bucks and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Now, are they going to waste it? And they, they had some good well, lines there, but I can tell what you mean by Jungle Boy on the mic because I've never seen a, a Jungle Boy promo live. And I've, I think I, I think I finally I, – I, I kind of have an idea of what is going on with his promos. So in the traditional acting world, you're taught less is more, right? So less is more when you're on camera, which is actually mm-hmm. why when you, when you take the mic out of his hand and you just show interaction between him and others, it actually feels very real. It's just he doesn't know how to project on the mic yet and cut a wrestling promo amongst an audience. Um, so he sounds real on the mic. He sounds genuine to a sense but it's just kind of quiet now that's but it's like so on one hand you have a very flamboyant for lack of a better term gimmick which i love i love the jungle boy gimmick i think it's awesome what he's able to do with that character i like luchasaurus um but he but his promo style does not match his gimmick would you agree with that yeah i would agree with Okay, because I, I and I'm and I'm a Jungle Boy fan. Yeah, I think in ring perfect. His interactions with other wrestlers when he's not on a microphone addressing an audience, it works. Um, he he is the kind of person that could really be served by having a good manager. I agree. Like he needs Paul Heyman. <laughs> dude, I think you and I that we're gonna sound like broken records. I think I think the entire wrestling industry needs Paul Heyman at this point, bro. Bro, can you imagine Paul Heyman managing Jungle Boy? Dude, I think I can't even. Oh, it would be beautiful. Like, here's the thing. Oh I, my god. I think you got him talking with Jungle Boy's walking, and then you got Luchasaurus as a freaking enforcer. There, you could That's go right. face. Oh yeah. You could go heel. You got like Jesus Christ. If you think you got two years worth of material for the heavyweight picture at SmackDown right now. Give Paul Heyman, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. You got yourself five years of fucking material, and he's winning a title. You absolutely. You can put him on like a TNT title run before he eventually challenges the AEW World Champion, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan, whoever it may be. Um, but th- there's so much. There's so much open space there. Unfortunately, though, however, Paul Heyman is employed by World Wrestling Entertainment, and Jungle Boy is unfortunately left to speak for himself. However, with that said. The portion of the after the after match promo that worked was the Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks next week on Rampage. The part that did not work for me was the Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega opening match on Rampage for the Impact World Title. And the only reason for that is that you're trying to sell a pay-per-view in two weeks that is going to be Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. So why are you giving that away on free TV? The only thing I can think of, and this is the only thing I could think of, because, I mean, 
what did Adam Page do to piss anybody off? I'm going back to the origin story of I, this. I don't, I don't think anything. I think what happened here is that you had an opportunity to bring in CM Punk and you had an opportunity to bring in Brian Danielson. And so all of a sudden, as we've talked about in previous shows, you start bringing in those top-level stars. It, it, you, your balloon is only so big, so as soon as you insert them at the top of the balloon, the top of the balloon is only so big, so now everything else gets pushed down, and that, unfortunately, that included Adam Page. So here's the thing. That's what you think happened. Here's what I think happened. Uh, I think Adam Page banged somebody's wife and ate the last <laughs> great Pop-Tart. That's what I think happened. That's the only thing I could think of because they well, can't be this. There's a way – to make this go away, which is the logical way, which is, hey, we don't need to wait for the pay-per-view. Let's do this tonight. Fucking pin Adam Page, one, two, three. Let him fight, a, let him fight the good fight. Send him out. Then you can bring in Christian Cage, right? In this scenario, you basically cut his balls off, making him sound stupid by putting him in a 5v5 match that will eventually lose him his championship. So you said it best before. He didn't act heroically. He just acted fucking stupid. So he gave away his number one contendership spot. That yeah. was the first thing. He cuts a promo. Kenny Omega comes out and completely takes his balls and overpowers him on the mic before they give him a savage beating. And the only thing you got out of it was maybe we're done with the Dark Order. Maybe the Dark Order is done. That's probably the only <laughs> good thing that might have come from that. But there's no... He's out of the main main event spot, as far as I can see. There's no way they can bring him back. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the Dark Order in a little bit. However, I believe a couple episodes ago I made this analogy, and I'm convinced more than ever that it is correct. Adam Page is Lex Luger, 1993. Lex Luger, 1993, should have won the world title at SummerSlam against Yokozuna. Instead, they decided to give him the cheap countout victory with the thought that eventually they'll give him the title but at that point, the moment had passed, and I think that that's exactly what they're doing with Adam Page here. I think they're putting Adam Page in a holding pattern because they have these big stars coming in with the thought that later on they're going to give Adam Page the world title, or at least his world title match. Unfortunately, though, this has felt, and, and so, you've, so you've just recently started getting really into AEW, so you can correct me if I'm wrong or if you have a different perspective. But they were clearly gearing up towards Adam Page challenging for the world title, and then all of a sudden, just boom, stop. And then a week later, all of a sudden, it's well, now it's Christian Cage. Yes, that I that I completely see, which is the holding pattern match because it's a big enough star, enough people want to see it, but it's not enough to sell a pay per view. So, the only thing I can think of there is clearly Christian Cage is going to lose. They're not going to have him. Oh. They're not going to have. Kenny Omega lose the belt on free TV. I think Cage loses, and then there's your moment to bring out uh, Daniel Bryan, and then there's your moment to bring out Punk. Hey, let's see you do that to me at what's what are they calling the pay per view? Well, this pay per view will be all out. Okay, so at all out, it's like let's go all out at all out. Whatever, whatever one of them would say, CM Punk would say it sound of a wetter, a way better soundbite than that. But that's what I'm saying here. We know Christian Cage is losing on Friday. It's it, there's no well, way he's winning. Well, and that, that that's unfortunate because Christian Cage so far is undefeated. Yep. So beating him should mean something. However, to me, it feels like an afterthought in that they're going to feed him to Kenny Omega. Now, the the only interesting part of this being that they're going to have him challenging for the Impact World Title 
on the first edition of Rampage Friday night. The question is, is do they end that in the schmas? Do they end up having Cage take the Impact title just to make it seem like Cage has his number and then they make it another champion versus champion match at all out, at which case Kimmy Omega beats him to retake to, to retake the Impact title. I could see them doing that. I could easily see Friday night ending in a schmas of some kind. Um, if I were honestly at this point, if I were booking it, I would just have Cage take the Impact title. He's a former TNA champion. I think that you know, I don't think that there's anyone in the world who thinks that Cage is going to beat him at all out, but at least it gives you a reason to think that it's possible. Well, and, um, and but now that you mention it, okay, so it's not for the AEW belt, it's for the Impact title. Yeah, Friday is for the Impact World Okay, title. that makes it interesting, and that also means Cage could take it. Because if you, because what you could do there, if you're them from a booking standpoint, and I hate to go the WWE route here, but... You have a bunch of new guys coming in, and you got your main champion who's holding a lot of the hardware. You get that hardware off of them. Now you can start booking various title matches. Christian Cage versus XYZ for the Impact title. Then you can fight for other belts in the stratosphere. It, it would it, it would certainly make Omega look vulnerable, but I don't think that there's anyone in the world who thinks that Omega is not walking out of all out with the world title. We can get the predictions of the, you know, once we get closer to the to the match after we get through SummerSlam, but it's just, for, let's just put it this way: Friday is going to be fascinating with respect to what's going on with Christian Cage and Kenny Omega and the build up to their AEW title match, what happens with the Impact title, and what's going on because this will be the first big event. It's their first edition of Rampage. It'll be in Chicago. Yes. We'll see M Punk premiere there. I mean, they drop every hint in the world. I mean, they mentioned the quote-unquote best in the world in almost every segment the first hour on this show. Then you got I mean, the subliminal. Obvious that he's coming. Yeah, then you got the subliminal messaging. And then I could honestly see if uh, Tony Khan would have just said no. And CM Punk by this point would have come out and said, no, I'm not going to AEW. That's a rumor right now if it was uh, not going to happen. See, see, if it were me booking this at this point, I think if I were booking it, I don't think you have Punk show up at Rampage. I think what you do is you have Christian beat Omega for the Impact title. Therefore, putting you know the question as to whether Page can beat him again for the AEW title, you make the all-out main event for both championships, at which point Kenny Omega will regain the Impact title. And then that is where you have CM Punk come in and confront Omega. I think if you, I think if you just have CM Punk come out on on Rampage, it, it'll still be effective. But I think it could be more effective in that you you build up some level of anticipation to your main event. It's not really that anticipated. We know how the main event it all out is going to go, but at least there's a question. Yeah, absolutely. And hold on one second. Your camera froze for a second there. My camera froze. Yeah, your camera is frozen, but you're frozen on Skype as well, good sir. So, hold on one second. I don't appear to be frozen. I'm moving. It could be you. It could be me. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this out real quick, and then I'm going to recall you. So, I'm going to hang up and call you right back. Hold on. Sorry, folks. We deal with technical difficulties on the show. We're going to get him back on the air. Let's see. Steve. Hang on. 
Okay, you're moving. Oh. Am I back on? You're back on, but okay, yeah, you're back what? on. You're back was on. Was that was that seductive steel saving the day again? No, that was me saving the day because even I could totally oh. see that you were frozen. Yeah. So basically, as this, uh, as you know, oddly enough, I don't see you right now. Really, you should. I'm right here. I don't. Well, I'm, I don't. I'm here. Oh wait, that's because my camera's off for you, but that's okay because it's saving me wow. some CPU. Here you well, go. That's fine. Here that's you go. Fine. I'm oh, back. All right. I'm all right. back. All right. There we go. All right, so we, I can, I could see Christian Cage getting the Impact Championship, but at this point, if see if you at least at the very least don't have a vignette of CM Punk or some kind of promo video of CM Punk or some kind of call out, this is the Chicago crowd we are talking about here, man. That place yeah. will be set a fucking blaze if they are expecting yeah. Punk to not get yeah. him. They'll get slightly restless. I I disagree. I think that crowd will go <laughs> fucking ape shit, level twelve berserker well, if they do not well then, get CM Punk. Well, then let's be thankful that we'll be that you and I will be in Las Vegas and not in Chicago. We will be in Vegas with our little masks on because they somehow well, work and don't work at the same time. I don't know, but that's we another We will st- be in Las Vegas doing a joint AEW Dynamite slash SummerSlam prediction show one week from today. Yes, we will. We most certainly mm. will. Okay, so going Continuing moving on. moving forward, uh, we have to – I figure we can touch on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy challenging the Omega – or challenging the Young Bucks here. Um, personally, I'm done with the whole little basketball intro because after they cut the promo, young bucks get another promo. They're in front of the toy basketball hoop. Now, the one thing I did like about this was you did have Luchasaurus block one of their shots and then jungle boy hit a dunk. And then they had a little moment there personally as a fan taking away like the fantasy booking i do want to see luchasaurus and jungle boy get the tag titles because with the mix-ups going on for a while i think that's jungle boy's only real chance of getting hardware for at least the next two years yeah so so i'm gonna have to agree with you in that they they've had jungle boy come close twice one was with the tnt title when he challenged cody last year and then he you know the the good match he had with kenny omega for the world title um i don't know if the bucks are going to do the job to jurassic express but i'm going to tell you with how as over as they are and this you know the song jungle boy himself luchasaurus is popular with that crowd I really would like to see Jurassic Express get at the very least a brief run with the tag titles. I think I think this is a point where it could really do wonders for specifically Jungle Boy. Yeah, well not only I think the Jungle Boy, I think the the Young Bucks are not a horrible tag team. They're good at what they're good at. I just think they're a little played out right now. So They're a cartoon. They're a cartoon. I think right now you put the title on Jungle Boy, you elevate that belt. I feel like right now, because the Young Bucks have just been on our TV for so long, doing the same shtick for week after week, it's time to keep things fresh. If I was the booker outside of the fan who wants to see them lose, 
I would put the strap on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Because clearly, if you look at it, okay, we have a team with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. You got a guy who's a certified monster in Luchasaurus. Great worker. We just saw him suplex three guys at the same time two weeks ago. He, he does have a master's degree in medieval history as well. And he does have a master's degree in medieval history. Then you got a kid, at least in the AEW universe, who's a certified um, superstar. He's a certified star. He's a main event quality guy in that universe. So I think it would only elevate their tag team championship to put the strap on them for a while, keep Jurassic Express together, and then give him a shot at, like, the not the TNT title, but another title that you can actually win in the realm of singles. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that. I think that it could only benefit Jurassic Express, and I think it could benefit the tag titles to just get them away from the Young Bucks. I, I just, I'm, I'm, t- honestly, I'm tired of seeing the Young Bucks. I really am. Yes, and I'm actually tired of talking about the Young Bucks. So we're gonna skip yeah. ahead. Speaking of the TNT title, this is your favorite AEW it, belt. At that le- is a gorgeous belt, and Miro's little. Did you see his little take on it with the white strap and the green ribbon? That was, ooh, baby. So what is your take on Miro? How do you like him as the TNT champion? Um, so, uh, you know, the former Rusev, I've always been a fan. I think him as TNT champion works for me. The only thing that doesn't work for me is this religious angle that he's doing. Like, like heels, like he's a heel, and now he's like a religious heel, which is kind of weird to me. Like, he's like he's God's champion and all this stuff. And it's just, it's very strange. Um, the only thing, the only critique I have of the TNT title right now is that he's having TNT title matches, which is fine. He should, but I don't see who they're setting up to be a real challenger. Now that's not considering what's about to happen. The match that they're going to have where if he's beaten, then he gets a contract to challenge for the TNT title. I don't think anyone really expects that to result in a, swap of the tnt title itself i don't know who's being set up as the legitimate threat to miro and the tnt title but the matches themselves are fine um the the promos really just kind of just rub me the wrong way because i just i don't get the heel holy thing but whatever um you know his match on this show was fine for what it was but again i just don't know where they're ultimately going with the tnt title Yeah, absolutely. And my thing, my take on this guy is he's clearly your monster. He's clearly one of your biggest threats, biggest badasses. But you kind of have to protect him, and you also have to protect your your other name stars right now from him. So having him as the TNT champion, kind of giving him a little mini Goldberg run is probably the best bet you could do with him right now. Keep him a badass. Give him the coolest belt in the company and just make him a monster. But we talk about this at all times. Good booking is not just what what's in the moment. It's about four months from now. Like You can tell a, 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 an okay booker and an amazing booker. Just yeah. do a Raw versus SmackDown comparison, right? Raw is good in the moment. SmackDown, as a fan, we're looking at this thing and we're like, damn, you could go this route, you can go that route, you can go all these different which ways. And I feel like with Miro, we're not even at level one yet because even though he has a challenge at Dynamite, he is going to take on uh, Fuego Del Sol 
this yep. Friday at Rampage, Fuego <clears throat> del Sol is not going to beat him. No. It's it's not going to happen. And, 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 oh, by the way, another S-bomb in Miro's promo. Another S-bomb in the so promo. That's the third segment in the row where they've had somebody say shit. Yes, it is. That's good shit there, buddy. <laughs> that's good shit. All right. So enough on this Miro character. I like him. I love the TNT I, championship. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see what they do with this, but I just don't see where they're setting anything up and that's the only that's the only troubling part for me. But I'll let you continue in driving us here today, sir. All right. Next on the list, a guy I like a lot and then a guy I loved a lot. And I actually like how they use Sting. Uh, basically, we had Darby Allen with Sting, and then we had Red Death Daniel Garcia, who is a fantastic worker, I might say, mm. uh, with 2.0, which consisted of Jeff Park and Matt Lee. This was a sensational, sensational match. Um, I thought the in-ring action was great. I felt like even though Daniel Garcia lost, this was one of those matches where you get elevated in defeat. Now I'm like, because when I first saw Daniel Garcia, I was like, okay, why do I care about this guy? He doesn't look like the most built guy. His microphone skills aren't that great. But once I've actually seen his in-ring work, he's kind of like a a modern-day Dean Malenko, I would say. Whereas I don't care. I don't want to hear him on the mic, but his in-ring work is just fucking money. That's a good comparison. I like that. Yeah, so that that's what I would compare him to. And then I've, I've mentioned this before. I have no problem bringing in the veterans when you put them in the right context. So Bobby Lash- MVP being back with Bobby Lashley. MVP's a manager now, not a wrestler. I like that. Um, Sting, I'm totally cool with him being a manager and taking on a guy who's like a 170-pound modern-day <laughs> Sting, putting this young kid over. And, man... Darby Allen, I know he's an acquired taste, but I like the package that they put together for this kid. I like the entrance. I like his moveset. He's clearly a good worker in the ring. And given his size, I don't know, even though he's the one who dropped the best in the world bit, I don't know if he's going to be the guy to work CM Punk first. Because I don't think... It's going to be fascinating. Well, because here's my... uh, Go ahead. Yeah, here's my thing here. This kid can move, he's fast, he's young, he's agile. This is not the guy you work when you've been out for seven years, when you got to keep up with a dude and move like this with a guy like that. Yeah, but keep this in mind. This is another match where they continuously made references to quote-unquote the best in the world. And if you think about CM Punk's gimmick, his gimmick is that he's straight edge, right? No drugs, no alcohol. Who else has that gimmick? One Mr. Darby Allen. Yep. That is 100% correct. So I could see, and and if you think about, you know, what a CM Punk might want to do when he comes back, you know, if if they're not going to throw him immediately into a world title type of program, I could see him being involved in an angle with a Darby Allen. So it's going to be, I'm fascinated to see how they use him. Yep, same here. I think it's going to be interesting because Kenny Omega is the obvious choice, but if they want to... If they want to make some money and actually draw that, then maybe they do have him and Darby go at it first. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think they need to exercise some self-control. Yep. And not blow their load when it comes to what 
what's what they have in CM Punk because if they're if they're not careful, they can blow through his marketability in less than a year. I 100% agree with you here. Speaking of Texas Tornado Tag Match, do you want to know what we are going to be treated to next week? Because I just said that I like Sting as a manager, but he's going to be back in the ring as a performer. What do you feel about the match? Uh, Tell people about what we have to expect next week in the Texas Tornado Match. Well, I mean, that's so we I mean, we talked about it when we got asked about the Texas Tornado rules. I think the Texas Tornado rules actually protect Sting in this manner. And that Sting is 63 years old. He's clearly not a full time in ring competitor anymore. His his only match in AEW really was a was a uh, cinematic type match that he had during the (coughs) excuse me, during the pay-per-view with the exploding barbed wire ring because I watched that. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how much camera time Sting gets, but it is an interesting hook in order for bringing people back to the program. I'm, I'll be fascinated to see exactly what he can do, only because he he moves to the ring so slowly. Um, he can deliver like the Scorpion Death Drop and stuff like that. I just don't know how how much in ring shape he is. I'll be interested. I, I have to admit, I'm I'm, I'm interested. So here's the thing. If it's Texas Tornado and they're against a lesser tag team, so maybe they can make it quick. But what, well, I, where I, I would I think... dis, what I would disagree with you on the Texas Tornado rules is that now you're in constant action, whereas if it's a normal tag match, you could use the gimmick, the gimmick of the tag to keep Sting out of the ring, bring him in for certain spots here and there. Um, so the Texas tornado rules, it's going to be very interesting unless they make it just quick, just take them out, get in, get out, give, get a pop and leave. Well, think about a triple threat match. And I know that in discussions of triple threat matches, you've referred to one person as the quote unquote mosquito. Yeah. In that they're just there to kind of annoy and break up pins and things like that. I'm not talking about for being in the crowd. That's why I said how much actual camera time is Sting going to get. So is Sting just going to be involved in just some light brawling, and then eventually when the camera is on him, he'll do a couple moves and then eventually go back to just selling long periods of time. That's why I'm really fascinated by it. I don't, I'm under no illusion that, that Sting being, quote-unquote, in play or in action the entire time is a positive for Sting or for anyone watching live in the audience. But for those of us that are watching at home, it'll be it'll be interesting to see exactly what they allow him to be to be viewed as on camera. Yep, hundred percent. It's going to be extremely interesting uh, from that perspective. I hope he still got it. I hope it's a it proves out to be a great match, and we shall see from there. All Absolutely. right. So next on the list, I'm just going to skip through the whole death triangle backstage. Yeah. I'm just not into it. I'm not. Hey, the only the only thing really to say about that is that it set up a Pack versus Andrade match for All Out, which actually uh, I'm interested in seeing. I think it's clear Andrade will win that, but I think that could be an interesting match. However, that was really all that came out of that segment, so I'll let you continue. Absolutely. And then next up, it's one of our favorite matches again because <laughs> they clearly have an a freak Rios. A trios tag match between With the my best. Favorite person. Your uh, two of your favorite teams. You got 
the best friends, which is Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and Wheeler Yuta versus the Hardy office, which was Matt Hardy and Private Party. This match opens up with Matt Hardy refusing to let Orange Cassidy reach into his pockets. So what does Orange Cassidy do? He puts uh, Matt Hardy's hand into his pockets and then hits his little his little shuffle kick gimmick. That took me out of it a little bit because when he does a oh little, oh my god, that took yeah. me out of it immediately. Even though, look, I like I like when he does the little shuffle kick on his own because that's his little gimmick. He's kind of this grungy throwback to the denim days, and I get it. I like Orange Cassidy. It works when he puts his hands in his own pockets. When you put another man's hand in your pocket, I'm not a fan of that. Um, That's just weird. Well, it's weird, and then plus the way he did it, if somebody tried to do that to you, right, grabbed one of your hands, put it in your pocket, and this hand is free, I would imagine you would take your fist and drive it through that man's skull and at least attempt to knock him the hell out. (laughs) That did not happen. He, Matt Hardy looked a little dumbfounded there. Um, in-ring action looked pretty good at pockets, but there was a bunch of schmozzes through the match. I think you, you already lose half a letter point because of the freaking, the putting your hand in another man's pocket. Uh, you know, you forcing that man's hand into your pocket when they have another free hand, which would clearly go through your freaking eyeball, which did not happen, took me out of it. But these are two clearly cartoony type of stables. So I don't know. I'm just done with trios. And I'm also done with tag matches when you don't respect the gimmick of the tag. When the tag doesn't mean anything, when your referee does not have control of anything, I'm, I'm out of it. So I'm actually, you know, I, uh, I'm giving this match, even though I liked some of the action, I'm actually just going to give it a D minus. Wow. So, uh, I also had a D minus. Yep. And here's what I'm going to tell you. So the, as it is, I'm not an orange Cassidy fan, but the moment that he put Matt Hardy's hands into his, into orange Cassidy's pockets, I just started fast-forwarding through sections of this match because I was watching it on DVR because fuck this. Seriously, yeah. like like if there's a, like if you're on the street in a fight and this guy is up against you, you're going to put his hand in your pockets? Like like maybe if you're trying to freak him out, like I I just this this was so ridiculous and I'm just so tired of it and it's so insulting. So I know that you watched more of the action than I did. You gave it a D minus. I had it as a D minus just because of the ridiculousness. And the only reason it wasn't an F was because there is, I, I do have some respect for Matt Hardy and private party. So I, I just, I D minus across the board for me. I'm, 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 I'm pleased as pie that we were on a little bit of the same page when it comes to a match involving one, Mr. Orange Cassidy, because excuse me, because as far as I'm concerned at this point, unless there's a title on the line or it's some kind of significant singles confrontation, if it's a tag team or trios match involving orange Cassidy, it's getting to the point for me that it's just a fast forward. Yep. I, I completely agree. And then there was another match that took place. This was uh, the galaxy's greatest a- uh, alien. 
Yeah. Chris Statlander versus the native beast Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. Chris uh, Stratlander is part of the best friends, uh, and she had or- freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, which I will say I appreciate the kayfabe he put on. He pretended his ribs were still hurt yeah. walking into the match. Because one of my yeah. things, one of my biggest pet peeves is a guy just got into combat earlier that evening. They go out as the manager for another match, but then they look like they're about to, they're in a little jogging suit and they can just fucking, they look all fresh and wonderful and that they just had the best day ever. That is outstanding, brother. And I hope you keep that in mind for something that we're going to talk about later, but continue. Absolutely. Um, So with this match, I'm not going to lie. My daughters were kind of crying a little bit. I was a little tired through this one. So, I might have been uh, slightly not paying attention. This had nothing to do with the talent involved. This just had to do with the environment around me. What? Wh- how did you feel about this general matchup? Well, before before we get to this, before the match, there was an FTR promo, which was another shit bomb. That said, we get to this match, and um, I-, I thought that believe it or not i actually kind of dug this i thought that chris statlander's offense was pretty good i thought her 450 splash finish was pretty good i think the the being from the andromeda galaxy nonsense just kind of makes me roll my eyes especially and and her coming out with orange cassidy however i am with you in that i was appreciative of the fact that orange cassidy was coming out selling the ribs in my mind the action here the selling of orange cassidy the story that they were telling was actually pretty good i actually graded this match as a b you graded it as a B. That is I did. amazing. I did. Alrighty. So, uh, next segment, uh, we already skipped the Young Bucks. We already covered that. I don't want to talk anymore about the Young Bucks this evening. Yeah, Maybe if they true. just, like, went away for a couple months, that would also be great, but that's not going to happen until they drop the titles, uh, crossing all fingers here. I'm going to hold out hope for Jungle Boy, baby. Come on, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I think, come on, man. Luchasaurus looks like he could, he probably takes shits bigger than both those guys. I can't, <laughs> unless, unless there's a schmoz of sorts, I don't see those guys beating two dudes that are the caliber of Luchasaurus and uh, a white hot Jungle Boy. I just don't see I it. Am- I am going to go out on a limb right now, and I know that this is not going to happen. However, it totally should happen, and I'm going to predict right now, here, live, on Episode 9 of the Slammer Brothers Wrestling Podcast, that the the Jurassic Express will indeed capture the AEW World Tag Team Championships and save us from more Young Bucks nonsense. I'm hoping that Rampage will be... A kick, a square kick in the nuts to the elite squad. That's what I'm mm. hoping as the fan. I'm hoping they lose some gold no. that day, that night. And you know what that you know what that means. What does that mean? That means that all out then becomes the Empire Strikes Back. Yes, it does. Ooh, because mm. then they might get their wins back. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's get to Rampage first. All right, we'll get to through Rampage first, but the next segment, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, because I like Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Yeah. She's, she's got a great gimmick. She carries the AEW World's Championship with class. She's got a, she's kind of a, she's got a smugness to her, but she's over with the crowd. 
Tony Siobhan was in the ring with her. She gives another classy DMD promo. Uh, then look out of nowhere, she is attacked um, by the challenger. Who was the woman who attacked her? Uh, the one that's going to be Red Velvet her Red for the Ve title. Red Velvet on on Rampage. Yes. Red Velvet comes out. And there was actually and there was actually a Red Velvet promo prior to. Yes, there was. So Red Velvet yep. is back and she's back. She wants the title. She wants to freaking destroy DMD and I'm actually looking forward to the match. Uh, I give the promo itself a C because it did what it needed to do. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think the one thing that you missed on this was that this was actually Britt Baker's hometown crowd. She's from Pittsburgh. I think oh. the Pittsburgh crowd was yep, the Pittsburgh crowd was clearly behind her. I think there's not a chance in hell that Red Velvet's gonna beat her for the title, but at least they did a good job of building up the anticipation for the title match. And that case in that case, going with my usual grading scale of C average for getting the the story advanced and then a plus for just a little extra. This, in my mind, was a C plus. Yeah, I mean, you know, you always come over more as a heel when you attack the baby face in front of their home crowd, yep. right? So that good promo. I love Tony Siobhan. He always a little fire there. Yeah, it was good. Plays a little great. All right, the next match, which somewhat unfortunately, I watched every second of this match. This was the Impact Tag Team Championship match. The Good Brothers. Versus Dark Orders, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. Look how mm. look how excited I was for this one. Now, in fairness, the action was really good in this match. But for me, and I think it just goes back to what we've been talking about with stables. I like stables when they make sense. When you have a team of people who at least somewhat either fit or they have a or they have a goal. These guys are not cowboys. I don't buy them as cowboys. And even uh, freaking um, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, like they don't look like they're supposed to even be tag team partners together. They don't have a gimmick that I buy. In-ring action was freaking sensational. The Good Brothers laid on a beating. They hit, hit some heel moves. They hit some big spots. Um they retain their Impact Tag Team Championships. I will give this segment... I'm going to go C+, but for me, by this point in time, I just hate AEW tag matches because there's no point because none of the rules are actually enforced with the tag match. So... So we're about to begin a a segment by segment breakdown of the remainder of the show that begins and ends with one word, logic. Yes. So in this case, what happened two weeks ago? So two weeks ago, we had the big 10-man Survivor Series style match where Adam Page lost his world title match. And the other part of that stipulation was what, brother? The other part of that, the stipulation in that 5v5 tag match was if that if uh, the Dark Order lost, Adam Page would not get, be the number one contender anymore. And that if they won, the Dark Order would get a shot at the Young Bucks in the World Tag Team Championship. That is correct. So, last week they reinforced, Dark Order, you suck, you lost, you're not getting an AEW World Tag Team title match. And then one week later they get... 
Uh, tag team. Tag team title match. <laughs> yes. Against the Good Brothers, who were at least in orbit around the Elite. So right away, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, could you? Like, I understand you want to get the Impact Tag Titles on on Dynamite. Fine. Pick any other team. Any other team. <laughs> Why the Dark Order? They just lost their shot. So from a logical standpoint, I'm like, so basically what you're telling me is either the AEW tag title, I'm sorry, the Impact tag titles don't mean shit, which we all agree that they don't, or that you're just not paying attention to the storytelling. I think it's a little bit of both. In that respect, it just completely insulted my intelligence. The, the, the action itself was kind of meh to me. I gave the entire segment a D minus. The only thing that stopped it from being an F is that the teams involved, they tried. But the story, the the just just uh, D minus, just awful. D minus. Like, Pick any other team. Great in ring action, minus any type of logic, and then you know me, I just hate AEW tag team matches. If we could go one show without an yeah. AEW tag match, I'll be happy. Fucking give, make us watch like a fucking sixty man battle royal. I don't care. I just don't want to see a tag match again. They're gonna. They're gonna they're gonna do you a favor, brother, and they're gonna say that they're not gonna have another tag team match. Instead, they're gonna have duos matches. Oh God! There we go. <laughs> Kill me right now as we speak. Okay. Speaking of logical, uh, this 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 our main event, and I have to go on a miniature rant here. Whoa, 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 whoa! Before you get there, you're skipping over the QT Marshall and Tony Schiavone segment. Do you want to talk about that real quick? I want you to talk about that because I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna let you gear up for your rant. I'm gonna give you some more fuel. All right, let's do this. All right, give me more fuel, baby. So, so, so QT Marshall comes out and he confronts Tony Schiavone because Tony Schiavone owes him an apology. So Tony Schiavone is kind of hemming and hawing, and QT Marshall says that he's going to apologize not for what happened with Tony Schiavone, but because they're about to beat the crap out of Tony Schiavone's son, who apparently aspires to be a professional wrestler. So they drag the Tony Schiavone's son into the ring, and they're holding Tony Schiavone back while they're beating up his kid. And Tony Schiavone is screaming, you son of a bitch, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, this, mu this new music plays, and here comes Paul White, the former Big Show, right? And he's slowly walking to the ring and he's taking off his Rolex and he's get, and it's just like, dude, that guy, that guy's kid is getting the shit beat out of him in the ring. He comes in to, uh, I'm sorry, QT Marshall throws his goon. I think it was a go-go at, uh, at, at Paul White and then Paul White choke slams him. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, so like if I'm Shivani, I'm like, dude, like, you really needed your, your music to play and you really needed to take your Rolex <laughs> off and you couldn't rush down here to help me. But then later in during the main event, and then I'm going to let you get back to your rant here, Tony Schiavone's back on commentary like nothing happened. It's like, dude, you just got jumped and your kid got jumped. And you're just like, oh, yeah, hey, all's fine, all's calm. I'm like, can we not go segment to segment? And actually, one more thing before you get to that. If we go all the way back to the beginning of the show, after the initial segment, they did the Malachi Black promo, where he talked about Cody's, you know, Cody's dead, he's got one foot in the grave, and then they immediately, immediately go to a, a commercial for Cody Rhodes' new reality show, and I'm just like, you couldn't break that up. Like, you had to go from him saying, 
I totally killed this guy. He's never going to show up again. And oh, by the way, he's got this reality show coming up on TNT. It's like, just come on. Like, like, uh, okay. It kills me. That is a, anyway, before we get to the main event, I have to, I have to mention a pet peeve of mine. Okay. Somebody is out in the ring getting assaulted, right? Let's say it's your friend or it's somebody you want to save. What I just don't understand about professional wrestling, I guess you want the skeptics, you want, like, your entrance music to play, but I just picture as a fan in the back just the other wrestler who's, like, waiting to go out to save his friends, like, hey, uh, I want to go out there, but could you make sure that the lighting is right? Okay, great. Could you yeah. could you make sure that my music is right? Oh, great. Oh, damn, he just got choke slam. Okay, we got to hurry this up. Come on, can you make sure that my music hits, but I want you to really pop? <laughs> and then can I also get some Bro. pyro? Bro, I, I, love, I love you to death. However, if I was ever getting jumped in a parking lot, if you needed to make sure that you had entrance music ready before you came to save me, I would be really worried. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We're, on, wait. we're live right now. We are on camera. Hi. 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 Is that some ratings? Hey, we got some ratings. Hey! Hey, all right. Basically, uh, Steve's girlfriend just wanted to remind everybody that he's the man, basically. All right, so, (laughs) going back to it. I would not want – yeah, that's what I always picture. It's like, okay, we got to cue pyro. We got to cue lighting. We got to cue your intro. While while your friend is getting the ever-loving shit stomped out of him and you need that pump. Uh, Yeah, and in this case, I agree with you. Like, Paul White is literally pacing to the ring as he's getting his ass beat, taking his sweet ass. Yeah, taking his watch off. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, it – if you can't run to the ring, then don't do the goddamn segment. Cause part of this they is you're supposed to run out, save the guy fight, quote unquote, fight off and be done. They, they could have sodomized this kid eight times in the time it took him to get to the ring. A hundred percent. This kid could have gotten fucking deliverance three goddamn speaking, times. And speaking of sodomy, the main event, Oh, God, they sodomized my fucking brain with this whole angle. So here's here's my issue. We couldn't just get – we couldn't conclude with an Adam Page uh, getting pinned, one, two, three. They just kill that storyline. But I have to sit through five or four labors of Jericho out of complete freaking sequence of how and when they should have happened. Um Jericho gets to the ring. The crowd is popping. He's up against Wardlow, who is clearly outmatching a 50-year-old freaking Chris Jericho. Now, there's a segment of the match where he could easily just pin Jericho, go home, get his money, and be done. But MJF says, no, 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 keep going, keep going, keep beating him, keep beating him. MJF winds up trying to cause a schmoz. He causes a referee distraction, but somehow, some way, Jericho manages to get a baseball bat, and instead of doing the one strike how you would hit a guy Wardlow size, which is full-on Louisville slugger swing, he grazes him with the handle. No color, by the way, because, hey, even, you know, hitting somebody upside the head with a baseball bat isn't going to open them up at mm. all. He gets the pin, and he, he closes the show there. Problem is, MJF runs back into the ring. A schmoz happens with various wrestlers, gets him in the finishing move. 
Jericho continues to take punishment after the match. Logical foul, logical <clears throat> issue number one. Wouldn't you have Jericho get pinned first and then you whoop his ass if that's really what you were going to do? That's that's my first problem with this. Second problem is the stipulation for the final labor that is going to happen, which is Jericho can't walk out to his entrance music. He has to walk out in silence. So basically, the only part that I find mildly entertaining, which is watching the fine people at home have a good time, have fun, cheer each other on, like cheer on and sing the Judas song from Fozzie, which is actually a pretty catchy tune. We get that silence. And then the only finishing move that I find believable in Jericho's arsenal, which is the Judas elbow, which is probably the most ineffective finishing move that he has in his arsenal, is taken away. So it's MJF basically in a normal-ass match with no entrance music and no Judas elbow. That's their payoff. That is what they had us at. And before I give this shit show a letter grade, I am ecstatic, excited to hear what you, Steve, have to say about this match. Yeah, another slow motion Chris Jericho match. Um, I, I got to tell you, it, it really t- one of the things that really took me out of this was that the announced the announced team was talking about the fact that Jericho looked tired, and he looked tired because this was his is fourth match in four weeks and i'm like well earlier in the show when you were talking about Dan- daniel garcia and the match that he had with with uh, uh darby allen they they had also mentioned the fact that he had had his sixth match in seven days including a 60 minute match on the independent scene yep and i'm like so so chris jericho's tired because he had to wrestle four times in four weeks yeah so that's really? one thing that yes so that's that's one labor. And, and then also, you know, uh, d- he's also not a 50-year-old, which I think that's what they were really true. driving the point home there. And then there was also sure. the the nature of the matches he was in. But, yeah, it does not compare to six matches in seven days, one of which but, being an Ironman match. But, but, then, but then, you know, apparently MJF is such a mastermind that he, he – put himself in the match and, and silly me. I thought when they set this up last week that he was the referee, apparently he was just on the outside. So he thought enough to make himself be on the outside, but not enough to make it so that he couldn't get thrown out of being at ringside. I was like, uh, uh, and then he gets to the end. He finally, he gets, you know, Jericho beats Wardlow. And then apparently the payoff for this whole thing is going to be, he can't come out to his entrance music. I'm like, Oh God, you know, like, so they go from the, the chair situation with Spears through the death match, and now apparently the payoff to all this is that he can't come out to his song. Lame, bullshit, nonsense, hated it, slow motion, garbage, F minus. F minus, yeah. And the whole logic, the way they set all this stuff off, the logic with everything, no bueno, not a fan of that. Um, it it was just an awful Awful. segment, which was why I was like, okay, you had, you had Adam page built up to be a freaking superhero just to, just to, just to cut his nuts off and basically put him forever in the mid card. Just so you, we, we could finish off the five labors. I'm not a fan of it. F for me as well. He's going to compete. Not thought out. Well, it was not thought off. Well, also you're trying to sell a pay-per-view. Why is he fighting MJF for free, 
next week. Oh, it's it's clearly going to be a schmoz finish that requires a sixth labor at the at the pay per view. I think that that's where they're going. So basically, do you think do you think that Jericho is uh, is going to get his win back against MJF or two of those wins back against MJF? I think I think eventually, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, if we were to, I know you have to go soon. I have to go soon. Uh, <laughs> if you were to grade, how, actually, let me just ask it this way: How did you feel about the whole overall product of AEW this week? I, I thought overall it was entertaining. I thought that you know there was more good than bad. Um, unfortunately, the bad continues to to insult your intelligence. So if I had to give it a grade, I give it a B minus. A B only, minus. Only, only, only because they're setting up some things for Rampage that are eventually going to wi- roll into All Out. So it's hard for me to make a definitive grade on this until I see what it results in at Rampage on Friday, and then how that plays into All Out. It could be that this that this B minus becomes an A minus. It could be that this B minus becomes an F minus, depending on what they do. You know what? Here is the deal with me i agree while there is more good than bad there was just so many moments in this thing that took me completely out of it and even though we have a podcast dedicated to this to where i need to watch every segment there was a couple segments i skipped just because there was things that just took me so far out of it um i honestly you know normally you give it one grade and i go a little bit higher this is gonna be for me this is a c minus this week and, and I can, and I could, I could get that. And out of all of the wrestling products that we had to review between SmackDown, Raw, and now Dynamite, this was the weakest of the bunch. And and like I said, I could totally respect that. I could totally see that. My my grade is more just anticipation of what could be. Yeah. My guess is is that after we look back on this, it'll probably end up going lower because it's never as good as you think it could be. However, there's a lot of potential there, so I'm waiting to see what happens. No, there's uh, – I agree. Like, if they bring out Punk in the proper way or if they tease it, like, if they don't come – and I said this enough. If they don't come out with, at the very least, a CM Punk vignette, a signing, a standoff, a run-in, some type of CM Punk entrance – in Chicago, that will be a complete waste of space, and they will lose a lot of pay-per-view dollars if they do not do it. So this Friday, which is tomorrow, <clears throat> if he is not in that ring, if he is not in a vignette, a promo, an interview, some type of situation that says, yes, I am here, it's done. I I have faith that tomorrow is going to start 10 consecutive days of absolute gloriousness. You know what? I hope you are right. I hope tomorrow is the start of a load of big payoffs. And I also hope that the wonderful people who are just tuning in will hit that subscribe button or that follow button. That way they can catch the live show on Twitch every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or specific Standard Time because our show is specifically at 7 p.m. 
I also hope that if they do watch our videos on YouTube, they hit that like button and leave us a nice comment because it'll help us with the algorithm. And the more, and if they decide that they want to download our podcast on any of the fine uh, podcast distributors by looking up the Slammer Bros podcast, that they leave us a nice five-star review, hit the follow button if possible, because that will also help us in the algorithms as well. Steve, is there anything that you would like to promote? Because I almost said plug, but something tells me that's going to happen soon. Hey, yo! Absolutely. So, you know, we, hey, you know, I'm on the Instagram, Steve underscore Slammer. And this is a, an exciting week for us because we're going to have a couple shows and then eventually we're going to be together in Las Vegas for our Dynamite review slash SummerSlam preview and then our SummerSlam instant reaction as we will be live together in Allegiant Stadium in beautiful, my, our home away from home, Las Vegas, Nevada. And then uh, we'll go from there as we get towards, uh, as we get out of SummerSlam and closer to All Out, which is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a very interesting week in professional wrestling. Uh, if you would like to follow me, uh, my Instagram is Jack underscore Slammer underscore Fitness. Um, if you want some help with uh, getting into shape for this summer, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Go to JackSlammer.com and hire me as your coach. And if you just want to be entertained you can follow my personal tiktok at ojackslammer we are on twitch tv at the slammer bros and finally we are picking up some major traction on our tiktok page so go to tiktok and look us up at the slammer bros until next time we will see you guys actually we will see you folks on sunday to go over the smackdown review Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up everywhere. Give us your show feedback. If you've got some segments that you want to see on the show, send them to us. We'll try them out. We'll see if we like them. But until next week, which actually, yeah, Sunday is technically next week. We'll that see is you. correct, sir. Goodbye, and thank you so, so much for tuning in. Ah! Bye-bye.